Chapter Thirty Four of In Search of Treasure by Horatio Alger, Jr. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Thirty Four How Success Became Failure. The next morning, when Guy and his two companions started for the island, their faces were bright with hope and expectation they felt that success was at hand they never doubted the truth of the statement which they had read in john wolfe's memorandum book there had been times when they had been despondent but all fear of failure was now removed they were too much absorbed in their own thoughts to notice the rather remarkable demeanor of the captain who stood on the deck silent and watchful while his three passengers were taking their places in the boat they were provided with a pickaxe and a shovel these guy had brought with him from home in the hope that they would be required in unearthing the treasure of which he was in search hitherto they had not carried these implements on their daily trips to the island but the time had now come when they would be of use captain john richmond smiled cynically as he watched the boat lowered and the three explorers entering it probably no one of the sailors noticed his expression except frank lowe on whom it produced a feeling of uneasiness i wonder what the captain's thinking about he said to himself captain richmond stood silent and thoughtful till he saw the party land on the island beach then he waited quietly till the boat returned he waited longer and through the glass saw guy and his companions plunge into the forest then he called the mate and gave him an order which was received with intense astonishment surely captain richmond he said you are not in earnest mr farbush said the captain sternly i'll thank you to not question my orders but captain richmond you are surely not going to put out to sea leaving your three passengers on the island that is just what i am going to do said the captain with an oath but sir do you understand mr farbush that i am the captain of this vessel yes sir i understand my business and i don't choose to have my orders questioned but sir th this is monstrous protested the mate another word sir and i will put you in irons the mate looked at the captain and saw that he was almost beside himself with rage evidently he was in no condition to be expostulated with it seemed necessary to give in to him for the present and the mate called the boatswain to pipe the crew to duty there was more than one perplexed and wondering face as the sailors prepared the ship for setting sail they all asked themselves what it meant and whether the three men on the island were to be left behind but no one dared to ask the captain who stern and resolute kept his place on deck and personally saw that his orders were carried out perhaps the one who felt the deepest grief and dismay was frank lowe 
who saw that what he had most feared was about to take place he knew too for guy had got a chance to tell him that the scheme was all but discovered and that this would be the last day upon the island poor frank unwillingly enough he was compelled to take his part in getting the ship ready for a start had he dared he would have made a personal protest to the captain but he knew that while this would bring swift punishment to him it would do his friends no good so with a perplexed brow and sinking heart he bore his part and kept silence till the mate chanced to be standing near him then he felt he must speak mr forbush he said what does this mean are we going to desert guy fenwick and his men it was a breach of discipline to say as much as this but he knew that the mate felt kindly toward him and toward guy heaven only knows replied the mate in a low voice i have done the best i could to prevent him but the captain won't hear a word they will die said frank in a faltering voice not a word more now the captain is coming captain richmond came up looking stern and forbidding and watched with a lynx-like glance all that was going on the mate determined to make one more remonstrance captain richmond he said does guy fenwick know of your intention of putting to sea the captain looked as if he were about to indulge in a burst of furious anger but he restrained himself with a sudden thought yes he said he understands we are coming back for him he added after a pause mr forbush looked sceptical he did not believe a word of this he was about to speak again when the captain added peremptorily i wish to hear no more on this subject mr forbush i know what i am about after this it would not do even for the mate to say more still the latter regarded the captain fixedly which appeared to anger him don't look at me that way mr forbush roared the captain i repeat that i know what i am about i am glad you do sir said the mate coolly captain richmond glared at him but did not reply within an hour the osprey under full sail for there was a good breeze was speeding away from the island we must now follow guy and his two friends who had gone ashore in high spirits feeling that success was within their grasp they did not loiter on their way but made all haste to reach that part of the island indicated as the repository of the treasure as they walked they talked cheerfully and hopefully of the future guy said abner you are entitled to credit for your enterprise and pluck it isn't many boys of your age that would have done so much i don't know about that abner said guy modestly but i have done the best i could and you will be well paid i hope so not so much for my own sake as my father's i want to make his latter days comfortable why he isn't so old 
he's only about ten years older than i am true but you know as soon as a minister has passed middle life some are anxious to turn him off and put a younger man in his place is that the case in bayport yes there is one of the congregation deacon crane who is anxious to get rid of him i don't think there are many who agree with him but i know he will do all he can to bring about a change it's a lucky thing luke came across that memorandum book i don't believe we should any of us have thought of going to the other end of the island it would have been a good while probably before we did and captain richmond would have got tired of waiting did you drop him a hint that we were on the right track yes but i don't believe he put any faith in my words he will have to believe it when we carry the treasure on board at length following the directions of wolf the unfortunate sailor they reached the locality specified there stood the six trees arranged in the shape of a cross there were no other trees within two hundred feet and this made them conspicuous if we had ever come this way we could not have failed to discover them said titcomb and after all the pirates were wise to select this place rather than one in the heart of the woods they lost no time in digging between the second and third trees according to directions i hope no one has been here before said luke clark between the strokes of his pickaxe there was no one to come here except john wolfe and he would have no object in it in a very short time abner titcomb's pickaxe struck something hard that's the chest i surmise he said the three redoubled their efforts and sure enough they soon laid bare the chest which for so many years had been buried in its secret hiding-place it proved to be locked but by good luck guy who had with him the key of his uncle's chest in the attic of his home in bayport was able to open it the sight dazzled them there were vases filled with gold and silver coin and three or four wallets stuffed with bank bills besides watches there looked to be fifty or sixty of these and jewelry well well this is a find said abner titcomb you are rich for life guy guy's face flushed with pride and joy mr saunders will be satisfied i think he said simply the question is now how shall we get the chest to the beach i think we shall have to wait till tomorrow i doubt if we can carry it so far we can bring some of the sailors with us to help won't there be a risk in leaving it there is no one on the island still we had better cover it up and get back to the beach although it is yet early it was at least four miles to the beach when they arrived there their hearts were filled with dismay for looking out to sea they could see nothing of the osprey she had mysteriously disappeared End of chapter 34